Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Looking Glass with Gavin Williams. I am your host, whose name's in the title, Gavin Williams. Today, we'll be looking through our glass at a civilization that began way back in 2060 BC in the Dominican Republic, the Lysithians. The Lysithians were an ancient civilization that began in 2060 BC and ended in the year 1300 BC. They were a people of a culture that we could learn a lot from today, at least with their level of organization within their tribes or factions as we call them today. I want to talk about the beginning of the civilization starting with how they believed they came to be. In the King's Journal, which we were able to recover pieces of thanks to the work of Jonathan Joestar, there is a story of a man named Lysith and the 14 people he traveled with. He is said to have been the God's connection to Earth, and that is why he was able to lead the people away from the evils and temptations of the Earth and into the modern-day Dominican Republic. This is how Lysith became the first king. To learn more about this vibrant civilization, today we will be speaking with the Lysithian's top expert, Jonathan Joestar himself. Jonathan, Jonathan, you there? Yeah, I'm, I'm here, I'm here. Hello, Jonathan, how are you doing? I'm doing well, I'm doing well, how about you? I am doing just fine. Thanks for joining me on the show today. I have a couple questions about your research into the Lysithians. Do you think you could answer them for me? I would be glad to. Go on now. So, right off the bat, if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure I heard about some sort of king's game in the ancient Lysithian times. Could you explain how that worked for me? Oh yeah, I believe I know what you're talking about. You must be speaking of the Paltumka games. Now you see, the Paltumka games was actually a single game. It was a race across the faction territories in order to get to the center of the current Dominican Republic on the Picotuarote, where the palace resided. Each member would start on the furthest quarter on their home territory, make their way through the valleys and swim across the lake to get to the mountain. This often led soldiers kingship due to their prior training and endurance. After a member of one faction reached the palace, he would recite his people's sermon of the king's journal, which was the entry of the last king from the faction, 
At the beginning, it was a rotation of factions in power before the races began, so every faction had a king to read from. Then, the second, third, fourth, and fifth people at the palace would read their sermons and become the king's council. The last person was to choose to be a priest, judge, or mediator. Now, you said there was a mediator. Could you elaborate on that? Now, the mediator had a very important job. He was to watch the king as he made his decisions and request an execution of the king if the mediator believed that he has collected enough knowledge of the king's betrayal of the country in order to make a case with the judge and the council. Now, you see, the judge would decide if the knowledge given is able to be seen within the civilization and if it affects the people. If it does, it will be sent to the council for a second opinion. The council will then decide whether the king needs to be eliminated. Thank you for explaining that process. You also mentioned something about the factions. Could you explain what those were? Well, I thought you knew already. Didn't you mention it at the beginning of this? Well, I mean, yeah, of course I knew, but I mean, I don't, I'm not sure that everybody else here knows. Well, fair enough. Now, for those of you out here watching, the factions were based on the Lizithian gods, Ventile, Tyrilus, Salter, Lunus, and Ocena, as we've translated them from the King's Journal. Each of the factions represented a different element, and as such, had different jobs to serve the greater good. Despite different titles, they were all Lizithians united under one king. Ventiles were often messengers and soldiers, and were trained to run great speeds and distances, being guided by the wind god. Tyrilus were often used as farmers, construction workers, and miners. Being directly related to the Earth God, they were trained in the knowledge of nature. Salters and Lunases were often judges and educators, educating the whole land as well as being bankers. They were trained in the mental balance of right and wrong, trained in money management, and in knowledge of the stars in accordance with their sun and moon gods. Ocenas were often fishers and people who gathered water for the people of Lysithia. Each of the factions require, are required to have a king's candidate, so that one faction will be left to be king, and the others form the council and mediator, judge or priest. Factions also had separate priests to teach their people of their god. So what you're telling me is that jobs were decided by factions? Exactly, Gavin, now you're getting it. It somehow actually worked out relatively well. We think it was in the presence of dependency among all the factions on each other. That's one way that civil war would be prevented. Well, ain't that interesting. What about social classes? Was there any one faction superior to the other? Well, the king's candidate that won the Pelotunka would have his entire tribe's pride, and while there was no tangible advantage, there was a certain focus on pleasing the faction that won. There was also class structure within the job systems, seeing as different jobs had different necessities. The king, of course, was on top, his family and council right below him, judges, priests, and mediators were on the third level, soldiers on fourth, farmers, educators, messengers, and fishers were all on the fifth, and then there was the commoners, those who didn't have the education to do anything. They were normally homeless. 
It almost sounds to a certain degree like our society in America now. While we get a lot more than we think from past societies. Whoa, were the people paid anything for their hard work? Actually, yes, Gavin. I'm glad you brought this up. Now, you see, in Lizithia, the currency was made of special wood fibers that were the equivalent to 1 16th of gold. These were called liths. Liths were a device used to balance the amount of gold consumed by the kingdom, which was mined by miners. You could receive liths by doing work and going to the bank, where an indicator at your place of work would have already logged how many hours of work you did and have a rating of efficiency and effectiveness at your job. It was a society that rewarded hard work. Honestly, we should probably take that lesson and make it our own, don't you think? Wow, this actually sounds like a very successful society. What made them fall? Oh yes, it was actually the three-way ambush of Lizithia that ended their whole entire civilization. Now you see, in 1300 BC, it all happened in a single year. Puerto Rico, Jamaica, and Cuba all surrounded Lizithia in order to steal all their resources. Wow, weren't they already trading, like, fairly? Well, I mean, yes, but let's be honest here. Ancient times, people were greedy, people wanted control, and well, let's just say that they got it. Ah, oh, well, that's a shame. Well, thank you, Jonathan, for joining us and looking through the Looking Glass of History. I hope you all enjoyed listening to this, and I will see you next time on The Looking Glass with Gavin Williams. Yes, the Lizithians, the people who brought about the first forms of ancient poetry. I wonder why we don't appreciate them as much as we should, but we don't. And so many people have forgotten about them, that at this point, it's as if our language's origins didn't exist. William Shakespeare would be mad. And so would King Lozoth, who first originated the story of the lion and ventile. It's a classic, honestly. But I must leave you now. Goodbye. Neil, this isn't your show. Get out of my studio.